Hi there, everybody, and welcome back. Welcome to another episode of the I'll Try That podcast. This week, in our pursuit of hoppiness, we're going to be taking things a little bit slower and tasting a premium Pilsner that you may recognise. Lovely pop. Thank you, Simo. <laughs> Lovely pop. Thank you. Premium Pilsner. That pop may even have given it away. It's Grosch. That's our pursuit of hoppiness this week. Uh, but first, we're going to deal with the hop topic. Uh, and to that end, um, Simo, are you about to hit us with a sales pitch? I am indeed. So I found this absolute gem on the internet. <laughs> Starting off strong. I just couldn't... Uh, yeah, and I couldn't... I just couldn't help myself. So, and I was like, do you know what? I've got to tell you about this. So it started on a very sunny day on a beach. Okay. So a lady called the Freezy Girl. Now that's given you a hint already. Okay. Um, who was the founder of this new craze, right? Was bootlegging her delicious treats on a beach until she actually got busted for it. Now this is incredible. Okay, she got busted. She got busted. And yeah, and, but now she's turned it into legit bit a legit business and she's making some serious moolah off it. Now, these treats, what are these treats? Why are they such a big deal, should you say? Now ice pops soaked in spirits. Now she's put to share with your family and friends, but not to the children. But um <laughs> Now, ice pops to make you to make you feel nostalgic. Yeah. yeah? You f- but you feel fuel it with alcohol, and they're called Wreck Beach Boozy Freezies. Right? <laughs> I know I'm well, selling this. Well, well done, because uh, I mean I'm going to put it out there. That's one of the most unwieldy names for a product I've ever heard. <laughs> it's fantastic. Now, at the moment, that weirdly they arrive unfrozen, so you have to freeze them yourself. So if you have a freezer, that's all good, right? Four okay. flavours. Now, I'm going to tell you these flavours and you're just going to get blown away. You've got the Brisky Frisky Daiquiri. Right. Brisky right. Frisky. Yeah. Okay. The Glacier Margarita. Okay. okay. Yeah. Sun, sunshine on the Rocks. Okay. Oh, vague. And the vo- v- I know. <laughs> I know. Very vague. And then Vodka Berry Snow. Right. Right. Okay. Now... You buy them in mixer packs and genuinely it looks like you're buying like, do you remember like the ice, like slushy things you get on the way home from school? Uh, yeah. Like, or, like, like freeze pops or like a, like a slush puppy. Like, a, yeah, no, as in like, so it's in a pack. Yeah, there's little. It's in like a pack and you rip it open and you like push, like a Calypso almost. Yeah. I think. But like those little and, thin cellophane see-through packs and it's yeah, a block yes, of blue yeah. ice. <laughs> But I mean, I just love the idea of it, and she, and like the fact that it li- literally looks so childish and it looks so cartoony. Um, yeah, is is like, I abs- is this a local thing for you? Is this down under? No, no, no. I just found this on the internet. It's in America. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. So they have as their main advert is get wreck, which I think is really clever. I think it's really fun. It's really childish. It's really it's awesome. Um, and I just love the fact that it's just something that's just happened by, you know, she was kind of just, you know, bodge jobbing, bodge jobbing it slightly. Mm. And it's just turned into into a business because she's had the audacity to do it. Snow- snowballed into a um, into a, a popular thing. I, I, you so know, this is Vancouver, Vancouver. So this is a... Um... Vancouver? 
Yeah. So forgive me if I'm incorrect to this. Vancouver, I would have thought that more frozen stuff <laughs> there might not be so, so much of an appetite for that. Doesn't it get hot? In, it will get hot in Vancouver, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh, sorry, I've got in my head that it's quite far north and that, uh, um, yeah, the, the the temperatures don't get especially high. Um, so it get, it gets to about thirty degrees. Oh well, that's 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 about Celsius, than we do, yeah. and that's eighty five. That's eighty five Fahrenheit. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, before the listenership get up in arms at the fact that we're not talking about something technically involving beer, maybe we need to get hold of. Uh, <laughs> Maybe maybe we need to get hold of Freezy Chick and say, look, can you can you hook us up with with something in in a line of in a line of beer? Actually, to be fair, okay, that's a question for you. That's a, and this is how I'm going to spin it. Do you think that this could work as uh, Freezy beers, or what, what would you call it, Brrr beers or something? Brews. Yeah. Oh, mate, there we go. We've done yeah. it. We've done it. Um, yeah. Sign us up. I get that patented. Everyone's going to pinch it in no time. Um, I guess with some of the new beers you could get, that would work, right? I don't think it's going to work with any of your uh, anything too too fizzy. No, never freezes, does it? I know we all tried um, freezing soft drinks as as kids. You know, the fizzy stuff. I, I remember trying it. Actually, Vimto, Vimto kind of worked, uh, but only the still kind. But um, otherwise, f- fizzy beverages don't really freeze that well, do they? So. But some of those really tropical ones might work. We did a little taste in a previous episode with a, a, a blood orange IPA. That potentially has got some legs. I don't know if it would be sweet enough, but um, I mean, you, the you thing would is thought so. There's other orangey ones. I mean, if you're buying a frozen beer beverage that is an icy pot, I don't think you're going to expect it to be sweet, I guess, unless they put it in sugar or something. But I mean, I would just love a beer company to do it because there probably is one. And if the viewers know of one, I want to know it because I want to find it because I think it's a great potential idea. I mean, it's just something that's so There's probably some of... Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, <laughs> I'm going to play devil's advocate and, here and say, you could just have a beer. <laughs> It's beach. not about it's but, your thing is though, it's not just, it's a bit like those yeah. icy poles. It's not about having an icy pole. It's not about it's a, it's about the triviality of like nostalgia, the idea of oh this is something silly and fun um around alcohol. And equally at the same time being yeah, and it's at the same time being a little bit novel as well. Yeah. Find something new. Exactly. So I think it's perfect. But um let's move on to the important stuff. The uh pursuit of hoppiness. And this week, obviously, we're delving into the rich world of Grosch. Yeah, go for it. Sorry, I just couldn't contain myself. This is something I don't really... I, I Personally, I wouldn't say that I really normally care about this kind of thing in terms of... I, I'd like to think, maybe flatten myself by saying I'm more interested in what a beer tastes like. However, the, the bottle that I've just gotten out of the fridge for Grosch is a thing of beauty, isn't it? I love it. It is, it is just oh, it's fat, it's chunky, it it's green. Yeah, maybe I'm a bit. Uh, su- yeah, I'm, am I a bit suggestible, susceptible? I, I'm not sure which of those word uh, words really applies here. But I look at that and I go, oh, I want one. It's yeah, th- thick green glass condensation down the outside. I lo- I quite like the it's a small touch, but the the little kind of calligraphy around the you know curly letters <laughs> around the word word Grosh. 
Um, and I, I look at it and I, I, I want one of those. I'm sure I've also seen there's a, there's a movie where someone pulls a Grolsch out of the fridge, or it might be that it's not Grolsch, but it looks like Grolsch. And I remember thinking, oh, yeah, I don't know. I, just the look of it makes me, and it, it doesn't, uh, I quite like also uh, for probably a really minor, tiny point about trying to recycle bottles. No, like, paper around the bottom, a yeah. little bit around the top with, with, you know, the information that you need, but just to sort of, Old-fashioned cool. kind of like glass bottle. It, it's, it is. But it's also it? heavy. It's not just me. I don't know. Like because it's heavy, it makes you feel like you're getting value, like straight out of the bat. Right? You're like, I'm getting a proper piece of glass. Here. Yeah. And then also, like, it sounds really stupid, but these are the type of glasses that my other half likes to use to put candles in because they look cool. <laughs> now, yeah, I'm not saying that, fair play. That's not no, obviously. That. That's that's not a Grosh advertising campaign it's just my personal thing right and i just love like the the lid thing as well the way it's like clicked and it's just awesome like it's so unique and different i don't imagine it's taken on that much but because of the uh, it's almost it's, i think it's a little bit famous in its own right isn't it the, is it a swing top bottle Yes, so it's got history to it. So there is a reason behind it which we'll look into. Yeah, so but, but I mean for that reason I'm, you could actually I don't know how much the what, what the uptake is like on this, but you could actually just use it to store other liquids in yourself, couldn't you? Because it does actually just reseal. Yes. Basically what you're doing is you're basically advertising Grosh as reusable um bottles. Cuz re reusing is I always remember that's uh, ahead of the, the three R's. That's actually ahead of recycle, isn't it? Is is re, is reduce, reuse and recycle. Yes. So if you reuse yeah. them, that's that's better than sticking it in your recycle bin. Exactly. And I I just I just think it's uh as you said, there's kind of a, even though it's not about the taste, it is just something that is very appealing and they've got it right. Um uh, but let's 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 delve away from the aesthetics a second. Um and let's let's talk about um, a bit of history about this company. Um, so it actually is really old, right? Sixteen fifteen. Uh, the brewery was set. Oh, they have been around a while. Yeah, uh, set up during the height of a Dutch revolt. There's a bit of facts for you uh, by a man called now. How do you say this? Wilhelm Willem Neervelt. Um <laughs> Yeah, that I dude, you got it, mate. That dude started it. Now, yeah. what's interesting is the uh, the next name I probably will butcher as well. But uh, Willem took a man named Peter Kuijper. No, that's just one. Kuijper? I reckon the J might be silent or the P might be silent. So I... I don't know what I'm basing this on, but I'm really confident of the fact that it's Kuiper or Kuiper. Oh, do you know what? You smashed out of the park. That dude, um, basically, um, <laughs> he decided... Let's not dwell on it for yeah, too long. No, no. Around 1650, so the, the brew uh, had basically decided to use two different types of hops, which made the taste very different and very crisp. And back in the 17th century, guess what? That was pretty unique. Um, mm-hmm. And the first hop was for aroma. The second for bitterness. So it changed the whole kind of flavour concept at the time. Um, and interestingly, the brewery itself was the only brewery, as in it was the only place they brew, brewed it from until 1922, where they actually expanded. So it's got a ton of history, a ton of local history in a place called Gronlo. <laughs> Gronlo. Are we, are we going to say Gronlo? I'd say Gronlo there. Okay, 
basically, do you know what's happening here? Commoner versus non-commoner. I feel as it's just oozing <laughs> from this podcast. Um, uh, no, just, <laughs> I'm just going to... No, all I'm basing that on is I got uh, a very, very... I'm not even going to say what uh, what mark I got, but very bad A-level in German, which isn't Dutch. So, you know, that obviously makes me an authority on this, of course. this subject. Of course, yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I've seen that Gruenlo, and, and supposedly, sometimes if you've got a vowel... Oh, God, so I've been told off in previous uh, episodes of talking about bridges. Now I'm talking about um, spelling and grammar uh, in different languages. But if you've got... Um, I think it's particularly with, with um, German, at least, and I think because there is a little bit of overlap with between... I always actually maintain German. If you knew German and English... Uh, Dutch you could make up <laughs> I'm really sorry for any, for any Dutch listeners because but but anyway we'll get rid of that <laughs> but with a uh, sometimes written down if you have a vowel with an uh, an e afterwards is almost like putting on you know the two dots the umlaut oh over. yeah yeah, yeah. and so, um, so if it would have been gronlo putting the e after the o on that fit, on on that basis, would have been Gruenlo. Um, but I feel like I've kind of sidetracked us a little bit. That's fine. But um, I'll, I'll just. Um, but what I'm what I'm trying to get to people's heads basically is this company is historic. Uh, they have been going for years. And for instance, um, just to let you know why they do a swing top bottle, swing top bottle. Wow, um, that's easy for you to say. Yeah, I'm doing very well. Um, Theo de Groen. Is is it, it? What did you just say? It was, and I've just called him groin. groin. I've just called him <laughs> groin. The groin. He's definitely not Theo. <laughs> so, Mister Groin. Yeah. So, Theo. Um. Actually, he was a very decisive man. Um. Supposedly in his reign, and he basically said, "Um, I decide what I put on my beer." Um. And despite the higher production costs, he just kept, he made it step stick. He said, this is what's going to stay. I want it to be iconic. I want it to be distinctive. I want people to know that that swing top bottle means Grosh. And I think it definitely does now. Like how many, when you go and buy a beer, like how many have a swing top? None of them, except oh, for yeah. Grosh. And like, if I, if somebody said, oh, who has a swing top bottle? I'd be like, Grosh, because that's all I know. Like the only one. Yeah, I know. yeah. And hang on. Is that also so? Was that when he took out? Did he take? Was it nineteen twenty two? Did you? Yeah. Did you say? Yeah. So ninety nine years later, he's uh, not not been proved right, but um, yeah, they're sticking to it. Exactly. Um, so, uh, what did you? What do you know about their kind of financial stuff? Um, uh, I don't know. I'm sure that they were. So the expand that that's sort of main expansion from their original brewery happened in 1922. I'm sure they've been taken over. Are they one of the rare ones who who won who aren't now AB in Bev? <laughs> um, uh, yes and no at the same time. So um, in 2007, they were bought out by the powerhouse that was SB uh, uh, Sab and Miller SAB Miller. Um, for a, a measly, a measly eight hundred and sixteen million euros, next trifling. Oh, yeah. The amount you sort of find in your back pocket. Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. And um, so, and then, but however, in twenty sixteen, they were then bought by um, you guessed it, uh, A B and Bev, because you know why not? Um, just you know passing it around. Um, and then after that, um, Asahi, so that another powerhouse that we know of. Um, oh yeah. Mm-hmm. 
bought Grolsch and Peroni and meantime beer brands uh, just for a very small sum this time. It's more acceptable. I think this is more um, kind of in our region, Barb's. I think we could have probably bought this company. Uh, 2.55 billion. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Um, well, if we pull our funds, maybe... 816 million. I suppose there's there's two other breweries in, in, in there that, that's making up the numbers. It also but, is, um, obviously, that is also a lot later down the line. So, you know, that's at least 10, 12 years after the selling of the original. Adjusted for inflation, yeah. Uh, I Thinking about it, I, I, yeah, I probably couldn't afford it. <laughs> but um, we actually, when we were talking about uh, Grolsch before we got into the episode, did, did we decide uh, between some of the also that uh, those two dates also seemed to tie in with um, what uh, you know the, the people out there would would see how they'd be able to identify Grolsch because they used to be particularly for those of us in the UK kind of recognisable by TV adverts. Uh, mm. I'm sure it's not it's not, it's not just uh, myself that noticed this, but uh, then did, they seem to just disappear. Well, didn't they? yeah, I think like the early adverts were the ones that. I think are the ones that I remember. I can't, I generally can't think of an advert now. Um, so for instance, I actually had to go on their website just to, to have a gander at the, like, I'm not sure if you call it an advertising campaign, but it isn't a campaign of some degree. Um, and it felt very corporate and very like, so generic. So they had, as I am, which was their campaign, which is basically the idea of be who you are and be free to be who you are. And then you were meeting these really interesting people around the world. So I think it was the idea that, so I think it was the, it's kind of advertising as like this kind of global brand and it's meeting and they're not people necessarily to do with the brewery or anything like that. They're just really interesting people with interesting stories. And it's all about being who you are. And I think that's the whole idea of gross is that they're happy to still be who they are. Um, but it kind of, it's not what I remember them as. Um, and <laughs> yeah. also they did a thing called Our People, which is where you meet the people who work it for the brewery. And that was their advertising campaign. Um, so what do, what do you remember them as, uh, Barbara? So I remember, as I think I uh, alluded to in our intro for today's episode, there was, there was a, a, a series of, of adverts on, on TV, which was all about... Um, uh, taking things slow, uh, and there was uh, basically a gentleman in, in a variety of situations, or a variety of situations were put forward, and then this same gentleman would appear uh, and <laughs> and say to people, I'm, "I'm afraid I don't have the script in front of me," but uh, along the lines of, in a uh, more charming uh, and accurate Dutch accent than than I can do. Stop! What are you doing? No, 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 um, no, 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 Barb's, Barb's. You have to actually try to do it the way he did it in the adverts because I already know what it's I'm, like. I'm not sure that's such a good idea because <laughs> we, we, this has been an, a growing theme in, in recent episodes, and so for my Dutch accent, it's basically just turning any S into an Ash. I think you should just try it because really? I think you might be quite accurate. You never know. Because the I don't think. Let's be honest. The adverts were a bit. The adverts I remember weren't particularly particularly PC in themselves. And um, so we so we need to trivialise that as best we can. <laughs> so, like for instance, I remember as stop it. That's the that's the way I remember it. 
Stop! What are you doing? Yes, perfect. But I'm, I'm, I'm also I'm hamming it up a bit as well. Yeah, I like things a little a little slower. Yes, perfect. And what was that's all? That's all. That's, that's what we're going to get. But what was the scene? <laughs> what was the scene? The one you remember? Well, there was there was one. Um, I remember it was uh, basically a, a guy driving a a girl uh, home from from a uh, like a first date scenario and pulls up to her house to to let her out of the car. And uh, I think she says something like, oh, do you want to come in, have a coffee? Uh, maybe things go further. Oh, maybe let's be boyfriend and girlfriend. Oh, we can get married, have kids and all this sort of stuff and be happily ever after. Uh, and she, the idea is that she's getting really carried away. Uh, and then this is the the guy who was appearing in, in lots of these adverts going, stop, <laughs> this is moving too fast. You're, <laughs> you need to slow it down. Um, I'm sorry. <laughs> um <laughs> And it, but I felt like there was always a little bit of build up, and then he would end with, "I like things a little slower," and then it would be Grolsch. Um, it, there was also a catchphrase which I think it was normally the the caption at the end was something like, "We only let you drink it when it's ready." Yeah, never rushed, um, never rushed, never rushed. Yeah. So the idea is that um, it's it's a beer that the 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 brewers are very passionate passionate about, and so they do take uh, every minute to. Uh, uh, to um, yeah, make sure it's it's perfect and absolutely right. But I can't for the life of me really think of any other scenarios where you were told to to slow down. Um, have you got any? So um, did you remember them? So I've got some awful ones. Now I'm just going to say, okay, there's three, and they're very varied and very different. But the I think the idea that it, with all the joking and like the Dutch humour and the kind of sarcasm and the kind of like the silliness, there's always that kind of never rush thing. And I think they're always trying to get home that even though they're joking about it, like they're basically saying, look, this is quality. Um, and so so the first one was an alien invasion where they were abducting some random, and I'm going to, I'm really apologize to USA here, but Hick Farmer basically, um, who, and they say, why do you, they go, stop. Why do you always take the, um, like the stupid guy? It's like, you're rushing it. You should think about this. And then they pop the beers and then he kind of like... With the aliens. <laughs> with the aliens. And then the aliens at the end are drinking beer and like getting giggly and silly whilst drinking crush, right? Really weird. Really weird. Okay. Then there was the Blue Movie advert, right? Where it's... As in as in Blue blue as in po- pornographic. Yes. So it's the scene of like... Okay. So yeah. there's a guy at the door. So there's a knock and there's a woman, right? And... She opens the door and he goes, hi, I'm here to fix the fridge or something. And he walks over and then he actually (laughs) starts to fix the fridge and he goes, stop. And he's like, this is awful. Like, what are you doing? I saw this one. Yeah. Yeah. And he comes in almost like the director. Yes. Like four rapidly appears that they're on set. And and he breaks the fourth wall and everyone's like looking and he's like complaining and saying it's all wrong. And he goes, we need to do this properly. And then. They go away and they redo the scene and it gets yeah. really orgy. And then he's drinking a beer going, like he says something like, this is so much better, like brilliant or awesome. Or like, yeah, yeah. Now, it, now it's right. And it's just, yeah. the thing is that I was just thinking, like, that is so bad. Like that advert is weird. Um, and then the other advert, which is completely different from those, was an orchestra. I'm hoping the theme still applies, but yeah. No, the theme doesn't really apply at all. It's a Christmas advert, right? And it is... An orchestra, so there's people on the... T- uh, oh, I'm going to get it wrong. 
I've, I've, I was, I've on, been in an orchestra. Or? I've been in an orchestra and I've forgotten the name, but it's the big bit drums, but not, not like, uh, oh my God. They're like traditional big dr- barrel drum thing. Oh, I've forgotten the name. But anyway, and they're hit instead Just of. Just call them the, the percussionists. The percussionists <laughs> are all using Grolsch bottles instead of their drumsticks and their equipment and then there's a woman who's using it to go and they're making a gen and they genuinely make a christmas song yeah as when you say (laughs) just thinking for the listeners when there's a lady who goes i think (laughs) yeah yeah so (laughs) basically what simo was trying to mime there was what's that Uh, yeah like like pan pan pipes Pamphlet, pamphlet, pan, pamphlet, yeah. pamphlet, pamphlet. So she's like doing a pamphlet with the bottles. Sorry, mate. A bottle <laughs> of beers. And then there's like a guy hitting the tambour, like the uh, cymbals with the using glass bottles and like hitting drums. I'm with just, the, just slightly concerned. So did, did this actually happen or have you dreamt it? <laughs> no, I, I, like, I dream a lot of weird things and this is generally not what I have dreamt. So yeah. And I, and I was kind of like, I don't get the advert. I was kind of like it because at the end it went Merry Christmas, Grosh, and I went cool. Okay, yeah. So very unique adverts, which no longer, at the moment, from what I'm aware, are there anymore, which is really sad to see. I think. But um, let's get um, to the taste. Well, uh, we should have moved on to it quicker because I've I've finished the Grosh. Okay. However, guess what? Guess what, Barbers? That is a good sign. That is a good sign. Uh, well, so I, yeah, I, I think wholeheartedly it's a good sign. I really like Grolsch, and uh, as we said, I'm just susceptible and suggestible, whichever one, because I like the look of the bottle. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's a pilsner, isn't it? So for me, a pilsner over a, a lager. For some people, they go, "Is there even a really, really a difference?" And, and other people go, "Yes, of course, there is a huge, resounding difference between the two." But for me, it's just a little bit. There's a bit of a, a little bit more depth of flavour uh, over the the regular lagers. Uh, I would almost say it's got a little bit more bite to it, and 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 a longer finish. Uh, and I I find that that really quite quite appealing. It's got to be cold, uh, absolutely no doubt. Um, but also we were we were checking before the, the, all of that. The, those comments I'm making there are a little bit to do with the fact that it is it is a pilsner, and I think it uses um, pilsner hop. I'll ask you this: What for you is a big difference between this and other because this is a macro brewery now. This is everywhere. What is the flavour difference to you? I would say it's a little bit bolder. And I, th- I think, I think, ling- <laughs> what's the phrase? Lingers at, at the back of your mouth a little, little bit longer. And I put that down to it, it being a pilsner. I was just going to say, it reminds me of how I feel about tiger beer. Now, I'm not sure if you've had a tiger beer. Um, and it just reminds me that it feels fuller. It feels heavier. Fuller's the word I was looking for, if- yeah. Yeah, it feels fuller and heavier than what you what you kind of expect from what, like what I think people when they buy a Grosch they don't really know it until they've had it. And I just I think it is unique and I think it is a little bit different. And I'm a big fan of it. And unique also, it's something because it's um, it. because it's four percent. So actually, I I don't think you normally get that depth of flavour unless you are having a a, a beer that's a little bit stronger. How how much percentage is yours? Four. Four four point zero. Like a, de- a flat four. Hang on. 
Okay, so what one have you got? Have you got the premium Pilsner beer? Premium Pilsner, Grolsch Premium Pilsner. We should have checked okay, this before. This is another. <laughs> this is another. Hang on, and it's definitely four percent. Your end. I can show. I can put it up to the camera for you if you like. You can see that. No, but I'm sure it'll be. It's four percent. The text is green on a green label. I'm, I'm putting that okay, up there. Okay, so I'm just. I'm just going to tell you now. Okay, this is another example of another company lowering the alcoholic content. <laughs> Us Brits can't handle it. <laughs> no, genuine no, because mine is five percent. Really? Yes. This definitely says four. This is a revelation. <laughs> um, so, and also, I'm getting to drink more alcoholic content than you are. <laughs> yeah. Who's going to who's going to so, be slurring first on on uh, on this episode? Um, yeah. Well, that's interesting. That is another int- that now that is something that isn't advertised that you're not told about and. Again, it's very interesting that they internationally sell it to other countries at a higher alcoholic content than in do you the think, UK. Do you think I can go back to the supermarket and demand my extra 1% of beer? <laughs> or However, how much, pure how much, alcohol? for instance, uh, Barbara, how much did you pay for your Grosch, though? Do you know what? I would have to check. I have a funny feeling that that, this uh, bottle, which is a... Drum roll, please. 450 milliliter bottle was about two pounds, maybe two pounds and 20 pence. What is it? Uh, what is it down under? Two pounds. So, oh God, my my calculations are going to go awry. So basically, it's a little bit different buying alcohol in Australia. So you have to kind of, you go to a bottle. So you actually, you can't buy alcohol in a supermarket. It's illegal in Queensland, just in Queensland. So you have to go to a separate shop and it's amazing because it has everything um, yeah. and it uh, has deals on and things but essentially i got it for four bucks which is probably around the same price but it's yeah, normally about yeah so but it's normally about five bucks so it's pretty close still um but um yeah it's just so it's just quite interesting that you pay about the same and you get technically but then i don't think it takes away from the flavor um i'm in i would be intrigued to see how they've made it less alcoholic I yeah, don't know that's, how that uh, that's going into a, to a level of, um, uh, well, it's less, it's less time for the sugars to ferment, presumably. That's that's the short answer. Yeah, well, uh, but, well um, viewers, if anybody knows, do tell us. If anybody yeah, does know. Particularly with a, a, a large produced lager, that, that's curious. Well, um, maybe it's um, where, where they brew it as well. You know, you mentioned about the fuller flavour, though. Um, I would say... Drop in a little fact factoid. <laughs> oh God, here we go. And, and also, well, it's normally for for drabbers to do, but they supposedly have a top secret yeast strain. Grolsch. There is a strain of yeast that nobody knows about, looked after for for centuries, that apparently others others just don't know about. And I've heard the factoid is it's brewed on Mars. <laughs> do you know what? either way i think you're vindicated if you do feel that grosh has just got a little bit of something else going on from from the, those those normal lagers but um yeah so um 
Yeah, interestingly. So uh, it's funny. I I would put Grosh down as one that's that's not as as uh, widely recognised or recognisable. But um, uh, as you know, on the R Try That podcast, we do um, also report some some numbers on on sort of their social media following. So uh, the Twitter uh, the uh, account for Grosh got seven thousand four hundred followers, and their Instagram has got about ten thousand. And uh, what uh, makes that kind of a, a little bit more notable is the fact that they're they're actually global accounts rather than uh, going country by country, which we do see with some of the the larger, more established uh, um, beers and and you know particularly those ones that we associate with uh, the uh, the master companies of of AB and Bev. So um, yeah. I mean, it's probably worth saying that they do compete with Heineken, don't they? Because yeah, they're... they're they're stacked up next to them, aren't they? Particularly with, yeah. with where they're where they're from. Um, particularly this this kind of uh, prominence of the of the green colour with a little bit of red going on, uh, which I understand also is to do with the um, the purity of the um, and and the passion of the people who who make Grolsch. Um Yeah, you you might recognise the sort of red Grolsch writing on a white background, but a green bottle with a green label, but with this little bit in in, in white and and, and red. Um, there's a lot of crossover there with Heineken. I think that's a really good point, Simo. Well, I just think it's it's a company that I think Grolsch and Heineken, like Heineken is probably is is bigger. It is the bigger company, as in I think known Heineken has done very well in its branding recently as well because they're in sport so much. And Grolsch just don't really do anything. Like I haven't personally seen Grolsch do much. Yeah, I and suppose I Heineken, Heineken with, with yeah Heineken with a beer of Amsterdam as well, aren't they? Or are, yeah. are the beer in and, Amsterdam. Yeah. And I think that personally, I would pick up a Grosch over a Heineken. So there you go. Ooh, okay, going against the grain. Going Always. against the grain, generally speaking. But actually, I think I'm, I'm with you. I, <laughs> once again, I get very excited when I see a bottle of it. But I think it's a nice little tipple. Like, as in, I think, interestingly... Like, I hadn't really considered our Heineken and Grosch are competing, but they obviously always have done. But, like, um, it's too, they're, they're still two big companies, and they're still, it kind of shows you the, how powerful Pilsner and Lager is from that region as yeah, well. So. Yeah, and uh, presumably doing well enough to not uh, branch out too far and diversify. I'm not sure of a uh, Grosch. Um, IPA coming out anytime soon, or a or a a, a, a tropical pale, or or a um a, a new session lager. I think they are sticking to the knitting, aren't they? Yeah, I mean they only have four beers on their website, and one of them is alcohol free. So um, <laughs> I can't, that Grosh tells you alcohol free Grosh. And but but, yeah, but why why change why change what if you know when it yeah. works? If it ain't broke, don't fix it. Exactly. Perfect. And that's all we have time for in this week's episode of the I'll Try That podcast. And so from me, Joe, Rich, Barber, and Simo, goodbye. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram, Twitter, I'll Try That Podcast.com, and watch us on YouTube. Goodbye now. <laughs>